0: and fulfillment let's get started with soul talk
1: welcome folks welcome to another very special episode of the soul talk podcast great to be here great to be back with all of you uh, we've had some really special uh, episodes and sessions with soul talk over the last uh, few months and I really appreciate uh, your messages, your appreciation. I really appreciate so many of you sharing Soul Talk with your friends, with your family, on social media. Keep it on. Uh, and uh, today, no exception, I have a very special guest, someone I consider a dear friend. Uh, she, I think, I have a feeling it's gonna blow your mind in many ways and heart wide <laughs> open. She's a co-founder of the, and the president of the Lefco Institute, she's the founder uh, of Parenting the Lefkoe Way. Uh, she's a speaker, workshop leader, author. She has personally worked with thousands of individuals from around the world using the Lefko method. She's helped many folks eliminate issues such as eat serious eating disorders, phobias, depression. I just, just like stuff, you know, folks, so I think it's going to be a <laughs> powerful deep episode, episode. Uh, as well as lighter stuff like procrastination and shyness and fear of public speaking, inability to form healthy relationships, you know, this is gonna be an amazing episode. Folks, welcome to uh, the podcast, Shelly Lefko. Shelly, welcome.
2: Thanks, Coot, my friend. How thanks for coming. On. On. Delightful it
1: is thanks to be here. On. It's awesome to be with Bye. you. I've been looking forward to it so much and uh thrilled to 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 finally synchronize with you and, and have you on as a part of Soul Talk. And you know, uh I wanna just start I, I have a lot of questions for you, but I I want to just start off just to get a sense of especially many folks may not know the background, your background, the Girl background, go Institute background. Obviously, you know, I had, I had a chance to, to connect with Morty. And, and so I would mm. love to just know a little bit about just your journey as well uh, in terms of, I'm curious how people get started in personal growth and what drives people to help people and become teachers and facilitators and speakers and authors. And so what was your journey like? What was your, what, 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 what was your upbringing journey? What inspired you to kind of get on the path? I know you've been, you know, you've been on the path a little while. And so mm-hmm. tell me a bit about that. <laughs> like, was, was it usually sometimes there's some pain or there's trauma, pain, hurt, childhood upbringing, a specific event. How did you get started?
2: Nope. Nope. So, um, I was married to the most extraordinary human being on the planet, as you know, mm-hmm. and um, he had he had the pain and his pain was mm-hmm. that he wondered why everything that seemed to um, seemed like what was going to turn out didn't. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was like almost guaranteed something was going to happen and it didn't happen. And he was on a plane. This is the short version. He was on a plane going to California to interview for a company. We had a, a, a business consulting firm at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, and he was on this plane. And uh, he started journaling, started just writing. What is it mm-hmm. that would have this be this way? And at the end of the flight, there was this uh, belief that, um, I'm someone who overcomes obstacles so that's what gives mm-hmm. me worth and value I overcome obstacles so if somebody had the belief what makes me good enough is overcoming obstacles what are they going to create in their life of course obstacles of course. To overcome. so mm-hmm. at the end of the the flight he had developed this process now he he's very he was very modest so he would tell you he downloaded it. I will tell you <laughs> whether he downloaded it or created it. It came from him. And he scribbled this thing and he came home and he said, he got off the plane. He did it with the people who were interviewing him. He actually described hmm. the process and he 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 did it on on them because they were they were looking for somebody to get homeless people back to work and the state of california was getting a million dollar grant and john vasconcellos was doing this research and and they were hiring people who they were looking for somebody who was going to be a motivator and and morty said i'm not going to motivate these people i'm going to get them to see that their beliefs are in the way and he came home and he got the job and uh, they didn't interview the four other people they were going to see, and he came home and he said, "I want to show you something I think is going to be very powerful." And he did the process with somebody, um, uh, his ex-wife actually. And um, I have permission. I have permission to tell the story. And uh, she wanted to. She wanted to meet somebody, and. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, and she wasn't meeting anybody, and and he said to her, "Well, what do you believe?" Now this is thirty years ago, Coot. Nobody was talking about mm. beliefs. When I said I, elim- okay, I have people believe, let me just let, let me just get clear. He's doing the process with his
1: ex-wife to try and have her meet someone, right? Have, have her, her get yeah. into a, a, a okay,
2: relationship. Cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. that's Yeah, great. So so she so she starts spouting these beliefs. You know, um, uh, you have to give, marriage is suffocating. Um, you have to, you lose yourself in marriage. Uh, relationships don't work. Relationships are, you know, uh, men have all the power. And I'm just sitting there and mm-hmm. he picks one belief and he helps her. He goes through the steps of the left method, what is now the left go method, and she eliminates the belief and her face lights up. And, and I just stood there and watching this, I, 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 as I say it now, my entire body has what Marcy Scheimov calls God bumps, you know, goosebumps.
3: Mm.
2: And, and I stood there and I said, that's why I'm on the planet. That's why I'm mm. here, to do that. It was one mm. of those moments in life where you just go, like a lightning bolt hit me. And I was so clear that that's what I was here to do. Um, so that's how we started. And we realized, uh, Morty realized that he hated working in corporations because he hated traveling and leaving his family. And so um, through a various set of circumstances, uh, we closed our company, uh, went through... a an, an, Anyway, it it, it all... Um, yeah. evolved into what it is today um, uh, and I could go back to those details of what happened mm. later but we're working with individuals in every country around the world you know we started it was we would do it in you know people in the neighborhood then it was on the phone and now with zoom yeah. I have clients in every country imaginable mm.
1: You talk about limiting beliefs, and I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a term that we often hear, limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs. So this might sound like a, like, basic question, but for those listening in, kind of two questions in one. What exactly or how exactly do you define a limiting belief? Because sometimes people have a belief, and they don't know it's a limiting belief. They just think it's just the way things are. They think it's just mm-hmm. their reality. So number one, how? what is a limiting belief? How do you define limiting belief? And then how can someone become aware of a limiting belief that they don't even know they have?
2: Okay. So first of all, it's funny when you say, we never call them limiting beliefs. We always call them negative beliefs. Because if you uh-huh. have a belief okay. that everything I do works, I wouldn't get rid of that belief, you know. Um, Right. And Morty used to say all beliefs by their nature are limiting because if you believe something is true, you believe something is not true, which is mostly a limitation. So that is the definition of a belief. A belief is something that you believe is the truth. So I always say it's like being pregnant. You either is or you ain't. Um, I believe... You know that um you know you can say controversial things like, you know I believe abortion should be legal, or "I believe that um, uh, everybody should be kind, or you know these are beliefs that we hold now the the beliefs that get in our way are mostly unconscious now, if you're a conscious person mm-hmm. and you listen to that voice in your head all day, you can easily know what your beliefs are um we mm-hmm. have uh, in the process that we do, we have a technique. Of, we have many techniques of helping people know the difference between what you know is true and what you believe is true. So I'll give you an example,
3: mm-hmm. yes.
2: and I'll tell you why that this could be so. I've worked with five Harvard PhDs who had the belief I'm stupid. They know they're not stupid. They went to Harvard. They have PhDs, but they believe it. Um, yes. I lived in New York City. I traveled the world in my 20s. Um, if you would have said to me, Are you a capable person? I would have said, Of course. I support myself. I mean, yeah. But when yeah. things got hard, Coot, I didn't do them. I staffed them out. I gave them to somebody else. I just did. And fortunately, I was good at. A lot of things came easily to me, you know, so it looked like I was very Mm -hmm. capable. But when something didn't, I didn't do it. When I sat down to do the process and Morty said to me, I'll never forget it. You know, say I'm not capable. The first thing that happens when you tell somebody to do that is they look at you like a deer in the headlights. And then I Mm. said it and tears sprung to my eyes. So the first way that you know you have a, a neg- what we call a negative belief, and by negative, there's no negative and positive, but a negative belief mm-hmm. is something that keeps you from something, right? You're doing yeah. something you want to do, not doing something you don't want to do. So the first way mm-hmm. you know you have a belief is to everybody listening, take a deep breath. Now say
4: out loud, I'm not good enough. Mm. Now say, I'm a monkey. Mm -hmm.
2: I would contend that I would say 99% of the people, so I'll have some credibility, have the belief I'm Mm -hmm. not good enough. Now, we all have beliefs. Mm -hmm. What makes me good enough is something. And if you're doing that thing, you're not going to be in touch with the belief. But Mm -hmm. if it didn't feel good to say it, then you have the Mm -hmm. belief. And here's why. I'm not good enough is just words. I'm a monkey is just words. But when you have a belief and you say the words, it generally doesn't feel good or it feels true. So that's the first way that you know you have a belief. But a belief is a statement about reality that you believe is the truth.
1: Mm. Got, it. Got it. Fascinating. Okay. And so you took another question, that I want to go back is, you know the the belief like you know everything always works out for me or I'm the luckiest person on the planet. You said you wouldn't necessarily get rid of that belief, right? Because you know it's going right. to be positive or you know. But how? I guess what what's that line of being delusional, right? It's like everything always <laughs> works out. Uh, the more money I spend, the more money I make. I mean, okay, uh, you know, it's beliefs like that that. You know, I, I don't want to call them delusional, but, but they, they, okay, they might work for some people and maybe we won't get rid of it, but what's that line? Yeah. Right? I can yeah, fly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the secret. I, you know, if I sit in my living room and I close my eyes and I, you know, do whatever, you know, I can have whatever I want. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. basically not so, true. But here's what? Here's, here's what we, we don't start with belief. We start with patterns. So what's the difference? The difference between a belief and a pattern. A pattern is what you, nobody cares about getting rid of beliefs. That's a means to Mm. an end. What you want to get rid of is what we call a pattern. Something you do and want to stop doing or something you're not doing that you want to stop doing. Some way to be. You know, Mm. I just got off with somebody in Lebanon. You know, I'm not comfortable, you know, when I sit with my family. Now, she's the one who's changing things. She's the one who's making it uh, possible for women to have a different role. And yet, she's not comfortable. So we always look at um, uh, uh, um, what happens in my life. I procrastinate. I don't um, feel confident to go out and make a difference. Um, I want to, but, or I, or I think I I had another session today. I have to save the world. I've been given this gift and I have to do it and I'm exhausted and I can't stop and I want to have a baby and I want to do my life differently. And we, we uncover the beliefs that are causing the problem so that the problem goes away. So if somebody, Mm. you know, is delusional and they say, well, I believe that, you know, everything I touch turns to gold. And, you know, if, if they really believe that it will manifest. If they don't, and Mm. they're trying to talk themselves Mm. into it, they'll have the opposite. Mm. And so if you want to know what your beliefs are, look at your life. What do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if you yeah, believe money yeah. flows to me and you're starving, yes. that's not yeah. a real belief.
1: Does right. So, so, so answer? Okay. Could... Yeah, that's great. So, but, so now, okay, like, good. Okay, how, how does someone then go from, you've got so many questions here coming out of my brain, Shelley. <laughs> like, so, so how does someone go from, let's say, okay, money flows to me. You know, because we do see people that, she, everything they touch tends to go, money flows to them. I mean, they trip falling up. And so, how would someone, I know this is a strange question, but how would someone get from money flows to me as like an intellectual idea, money flows to me, money flows to me, but they don't believe it and the bank account reflects their broke, right, which is their true belief? How do they actually get to? a real belief of money really does flow to me. Like, I look at someone, let's say, like, forget what one's political beliefs are, let's put it aside. You know, you look at Donald Trump, you know, he's like, I'm the greatest, I'm the best of everything, I'm you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the king of the world. I mean, we could argue, well, it seems to be working for him. And so someone who wants to get to the place where they really believe money flows to me effortlessly, money flows to me in abundance, how do they get there? So it's not well, just so. So it's not just like intellectualization of like you know mental you know intellectual juggling, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's a good question, and I'm going to answer it honestly because I answer everything honestly. Please, it, is beliefs, oh, okay. it is easier to eliminate beliefs, and I'll tell you why. It is easier to eliminate beliefs. Than to create new ones, and oh, and I'll, okay. and and I'll tell you why. Are you interested in how beliefs get formed? Yes.
1: Okay. Yes, I was about to so, ask that too. How does a belief get
2: formed? <laughs> so when I, when you understand how a belief gets formed, you'll understand why it's hard harder to create the 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 other beliefs. Um, and then I'll tell you that what's really powerful is to not get stuck in your beliefs, but to, real, to realize that who you are is the belief creator. So we can talk about that a little bit. Um, you come into this world as what I call a little ball of consciousness. You don't know anything about yourself, life, people, money, or the world, right? You're just a little ball of consciousness. And consciousness creates distinctions so i'm now in this world and my two people who on whom my survival depends yell at me or criticize me and i say to myself hmm now what is the one word question every little kid asks all day long So if you have a three-year-old or a four-year-old, you know the answer to that question. And I asked this question, I asked this to somebody in Uganda the other day. And I I said, what does your kid do when you walk in the house? And she said, she runs to me, which is what everybody says. And what do they want? Affection, attention, acknowledgement. Okay, what's the one word question your child asks all day long? Why? Why can't I have a play date? Mm -hmm. Why can't I have dessert? Why do I have to go to school? Why, right? Why is mommy and daddy criticizing me? Why can't I live up to their expectations?
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, I see. I'm not good enough why are mommy and daddy not paying attention to me? Why are they looking at their iPhones instead of looking at me when I'm talking? Oh, I see I'm not important. Why are they yelling at me when I make a mistake? Oh, I see mistakes and failures are bad. So it looks like And here's the answer to your question. It looks like we have evidence in the world for our belief. Money is scarce and hard to get. Look, Coot, my parents are struggling. My father works three jobs. Can't you see that money is scarce and hard to get?
4: Anybody could see that. Why
2: our beliefs stay with us through 20 years of therapy, wonderful self-help programs. How many of you take courses? You walk out and you say, oh, my God, that was great. I learned so much. Mm -hmm. And three days later, the notes are in the drawer. Why? (laughs) Because you have beliefs that keep you from utilizing the information
4: that you learned mm. so
2: now it looks like we saw or- i saw now you can i 'm going to say something and i 'll pause because it 's a very powerful statement. It is impossible to not
4: believe something that you think you saw mm.
2: I saw. Shelly is a redhead. Don't tell me she's a blonde. She's a redhead. I saw that. Mm. You can't not believe something you think you saw. So going back to childhood, I saw that I wasn't, that money was scarce and hard to get. No, you saw your father struggle. You saw your parents living with with not a lot of money and struggling and complaining. We, so, so you never saw money is scarce and hard to get. So when you want to create a positive belief, you want to look in the world and say, now you can create, and this is what I don't like about affirmations. You, yeah. you put, everybody put your fist in front of your face. Okay. That fist mm-hmm. is a belief. On top of the belief, I'm not good enough. Right. That fist is there. That's, I'm not good enough. Now, stand in front of the mirror going, I'm good enough, I'm good enough, I'm good enough.
3: Yeah. you got to get yeah.
2: rid of the belief that's there. Gotcha. Now, mm-hmm. you want to create a new belief. You have to kind of say, all right, maybe money is not scarce and hard to get. Look at, you know, um, Richard Branson or look at Jeff Bezos or look at, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. you know and if you find enough evidence that it's true you might be able to create a new belief.
3: Mm.
1: Okay, got it, it. Got yeah. it. So, yeah. so 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 kind of like again I'm going to throw two questions at you combined into one. So now I'm curious like what are what have you observed over the decades that are the <laughs> um The the primary negative beliefs as human beings that we have Mm -hmm. consciously and unconsciously. So that's kind of one part, part A, and then part B is because you're talking about eliminating uh, eliminating these negative beliefs, and so how do we go about eliminating? A belief. Because eliminating sounds, Shirley, that sounds pretty strong, you know? Yep. And so elimination well, is, when I hear elimination, <laughs> I mean elimination is like extermination. It's like That's trials, right. Like for, That's forever. Right. And so That's now right. I'm curious. So, so what are the main negati- the negative beliefs that you've observed, conscious, unconscious? And then walk us through how does someone actually eliminate? Okay. I believe. Okay. So, let's so
2: the first question is great. I love it. Second question is my least favorite question and I'll tell you why. <laughs> so I use the word eliminate very, very deliberately because people say I bust beliefs, I smash beliefs, I whatever beliefs I use the word eliminate because they do go away and they go away forever and they never come back. And there's a reason and it's not woo woo. The thing is it's a one-on-one <laughs> process. Now I could, I could, you know, I don't know how much time we have. I have to look, but you know, I don't usually yeah. walk people through Hopefully. the process. But, but I will tell you mm-hmm. why uh, it's it's hard to do, and uh, not hard for me to do, but mm-hmm. hard to do on people just like this. So the first question mm-hmm. is: Here's the top five beliefs that okay. most people, and I only say most people to have credibility, because if I say all people, I'll mm-hmm. kill my credibility. But it's a lot. <laughs> yep. Um so the first one and the one that's pretty pervasive is I'm not good enough. And the reason I got into parenting Coot, was because I want to keep the next generation from having these beliefs so I can go relax and, you know, take mm-hmm. a break. <laughs> um, that's, that's my passion. So the first, the first belief is I'm not good enough. The second one is I'm not important. Now, for everybody who's thinking, oh, I don't have the belief I'm not important, answer this question for yourself. What makes you
4: important? If
2: you said anything other than nothing, I just am, you have the belief I'm not important. Because most of us have to look, what makes me important are my achievements, my accomplishments, or what makes yep, me important yep. is taking care of people, or what makes me important is how much mm-hmm. money I have, or whatever. So that's the first question. The second question is, if you're in a room full of very successful, wealthy people, would you mm-hmm. feel just as important as them? Mm-hmm. And if you answered no, you have the belief I'm not important because if you believe I am important, you would feel important no matter who you are in a room with. Right, right. Mm. So those are the two most common. Then mm-hmm. mistakes and failures are bad. If I make a mistake or fail, I will be rejected. And number five, and my personal favorite, <laughs> because <laughs> this, is the, this is the belief that takes us down. This is the belief okay, that ran my life. When I got okay. rid of this belief, I call it my Martin Luther King Jr. moment because Freedom. I was free at last, okay? Mm. I went to mm. Russia and I just came back from Russia, and I spoke in front. I had no idea whether this, my talk was going to be well-received or not, and it was. Uh, okay. I'm going to Vietnam in February. I've never worked with a consecutive translator. I've only done simultaneous. I have no idea if I'm going to step on cultural toes, but I can do it with confidence because I got rid of this belief. You ready? Yeah. What makes me good enough is having other people think well of me.
4: Mm. That's the belief. Okay. That's the belief.
2: And what what I I'm not sure we should we're gonna get into uh but the beliefs that you have determine mm. The meaning that you give events, which ultimately causes all of our emotions. You know, I just had I just had a funny thought. Uh, Kud and I belong to a group together for a yeah. long time, and we go away twice a year for five days to different places. And Kud mm-hmm. and I never really connected, and I thought, well. In the past, I would have said, well, maybe he doesn't like me. You know, that's what I would have thought. He, he just doesn't like me. And the meaning, that would have been the meaning I gave it. And mm. so I walked over to him and I said, Coot, we never connected. Let's talk. Yeah. And do you remember what happened? We sat on a bus me. together. Oh, yeah, I remember We sat on a now. bus together yeah. going to yeah. some dinner yeah. or something. Yeah. And we yes. talked and talked and laughed and had the best Forever. time. And that was it. We were connected. Mm-hmm. We were like, mm-hmm. you know, friend, like long lost soulmates. <laughs> yeah,
1: soulmates. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So it's, it's mm. our beliefs that, oh, he doesn't like me or, you know, um, he thinks this or that. As opposed to going over and saying, well, you know, what's the deal? We just have never talked. Mm. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's so, so interesting because I think
1: in- so, so so often go ahead, go ahead. really seeing how, how how so many of us without knowing are living inside of negative beliefs without knowing and we're allowing those beliefs to determine our reality, determine our actions, and then you know likely end up creating acting in a way that ends up creating life that just reinforces those beliefs. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. See, I told you he didn't like me.
3: Right. And again, right.
2: that's that's mm-hmm. why I don't like the question how do you get rid of beliefs? Because there's a mm-hmm. process that I take people through where ultimately, you know, I if I had the belief people don't like me, right? And then coot walks by and doesn't say hello, and I I say, "Yeah. You see? I told you he mm-hmm. doesn't like me." And it mm-hmm. feels like we're seeing He doesn't like me. Anything you could see has a color, shape, and location. Yes? Mm -hmm. That's not woo-woo. That's not airy-fairy. Anything you could see has a color, a shape, and a location. You cannot see he doesn't like me. You could see him walk by and not say hello.
3: Mm.
2: That's where the power is. (laughs) Mm.
1: It's like you're not projecting onto the situation a certain well, well, I, belief. I call meaning.
2: it. Yeah, meaning exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. you're not putting that meaning on the event.
1: Yeah, you're just seeing what is. You know, mm-hmm. without without some meaning and just seeing what is. And I really get this. There's so much freedom there because what what I was going to to kind of ask and say. Because I'm imagining from what you're saying, if we have a belief that's negative, then it's almost like that belief is like a lens that predisposes us to see and interpret Mm -hmm. what's happening a certain way. And so many times then we're not really seeing reality, even though we think it's reality, but we're not really seeing reality, right? We're we're seeing through a a lens, the colored lens of that belief. Beautiful. Beautiful. Got it. So, 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 so eliminating beliefs. Now, I'm still hung up on this, Jenny. I'm still curious now because you—you you got okay. everybody on edge. Okay, <laughs> we are all on edge, we're biting our nails, we're like, okay, it's like okay. The part of the movie where don't pause it now. So, like, let's just take for example. I know you said it's a one-on-one process. It's a little difficult in terms of mass sort of group in this context, but you know this belief you have, like, what makes me good enough is have ha- having other people. Uh, think well of me. I think many people could relate to that belief, or well, even the one I'm not good enough, right? So, how do mm-hmm. you, well, like, walk us through a little bit? Okay. How so, would so someone me, eliminate? Eliminate. I'm okay. not talking about just find more compassion. <laughs> You're saying eliminate. Like, so, so eliminate. That means, okay. never come back. That means
2: you never that, feel that. I means that's really strong. So, okay. How? I'm going to give you a metaphor. How many people, I'm going to give you three possibilities. Mm -hmm. How many people have ever believed in Santa Claus,
3: the Easter
2: Bunny,
4: or the
3: Tooth Fairy? Okay. okay. So
2: every mm -hmm. single person had to pick at least one that you believed Mm -hmm. was real. Okay. Mm -hmm. One day something happened you caught your mother putting money under your pillow. Mm. Or you saw your father behind that Santa Claus beard. Or Mm. you realized, wait a minute, Mm. I never saw there's an Easter bunny. I Mm. made that up. What happens to the belief
4: in that moment? Mm.
3: Yeah.
2: What happens to your belief in Santa Claus? Does it it ever come back? Gone. And never comes back.
3: Gone. Gone. Okay. Mm.
2: So that Mm -hmm. is how we eliminate beliefs. Now, the problem with doing it, I could take you through it. Here's the problem. Mm -hmm. Some of you, you know, we start off with what do you want to change? So we're not going to do that here. But Yes. Assume we start off with the belief, I'm not good enough. Now, some of mm. you are going to say, now the next thing, so I had you say that out loud. Now, the next thing is, mm. what are your earliest memories of where you discovered that? Right now, mm. some of you are going to go back to childhood and you're going to go, Oh, my father used to yell at me or criticize me or my mother, whatever. Some of you are going to have a little more painful recollection. You're going to go back to my dad was an alcoholic or my mom was an alcohol or, you know, uh, rageaholic or, so I, I, you know, doing this like this and opening up that kind of Pandora's box is, you know, a little shaky because when I work Mm -hmm. with people one-on-one, then I can Mm -hmm. handle every single step of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, and when they get to those places, I can guide them through in a way that makes it incredibly safe and then you eliminate the belief. But so, so Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it, it takes, you know, the first time you do it, it takes at least a half hour anyway. So, but, Mm. but, but the metaphor that I gave you was really wonderful because we think that our beliefs are, and, and the other thing is, you know, you could get the first top five beliefs, you know, in one, two sessions, But after that, it's like, well, what do I believe? So we have to, you know, for everybody, it's different. Some people are going to get stuck with, oh, I know what I believe. I'll give you 10 of them. Other people are going to get stuck with, well, I had a great childhood. I had a perfect childhood. You know, my mother was the most loving person on the planet. You know, she loved me ad nauseum, except for one thing. She loved me so much that she did too much for me, which is where my I'm not capable came from.
1: Okay, got it.
2: Mm. So it's not like bad anything. So, right?
1: Right. And, and so now I'm curious as you're sharing, have you faced a situation where you worked with someone, or or just came across someone in your work events, workshop, seminars, and they just were so they, they just weren't willing, or they just didn't let go of the belief. And I'm curious, is there something or what are the things that stop people from letting go of beliefs, of negative beliefs? Because, you know, I think sometimes I've observed, sometimes we hold on to, to certain beliefs. We hold on to negative beliefs because, you know, it's comfortable. We, we feel safer that way. We, we, we're getting something out of it in some way. So what have you seen kind of? With those that have a hard time or just refuse to let go of a negative belief, what would you say to, to that person? What have you
4: observed? If they get, I take
2: them through, back through the process. And the step I always go to so we look at, we, we break it up by saying, what are some other interpretations? other than I'm not lovable that would explain the fact that your parents never kissed and hugged you or told you they loved you. Well, it could be that you're not lovable and it could be they were afraid of rejection. And it could mean they weren't they didn't get affection as kids and they're emotionally shut down. And it could mean in their culture you don't do that. So there you know it could mean they think you're not lovable. Maybe they do. That's silly, but it could mean mm. they think you're not lovable, but that doesn't mean you're not. Mm. You know, I live at right. year, and I think you're very lovable.
1: That, so I think brainstorm- what you said right there was key. What you said, yeah. it might mean that they, they might feel that way, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's sad about you, right? Exactly.
2: But in terms of not right. being
1: lovable. Blah,
2: blah, blah. Yeah, and maybe they thought you were very lovable and they didn't think they were. You're, there's a lot of interpretations. I mean, I could tell you a story that would make you cry about this particular belief. So here's the deal. If there are other valid interpretations that would explain what happened, is what you said, I'm not lovable, the truth, Or is the the thing Coot about my process that I love, there's no hiding. It's not therapy. You're not going to sit and talk. You're not going to lie to me. Because here's the question. If there are other valid interpretations, is what you said, I'm not lovable, the truth, or is it simply one valid interpretation? It's one interpretation. Now, here's the deal. Doesn't it seem like you saw I'm not lovable? And they say, I did see it. I saw it every day of my life. I say, okay, close mm. your eyes, go back to your childhood. to two, I'm not lovable. Does it have a color, shape, no. and location? No. Mm. I never saw I'm not lovable. Oh, well, if you never saw it, what did you see? I saw two people not kissing and hugging me. Good. Where was I'm not lovable? In my head. What does it really mean? What meaning that now that this is jumping into something we haven't talked about, but what does it mean? What do I know for sure? Because they were like that. And what I get people to see is that the events have no inherent meaning. They might've had consequences, but they have no meaning. And Boom, the belief goes away. Now if somebody says I still believe it, that's cuckoo because if you get I made it up, it's like saying I know I made up Santa Claus, <laughs> but I still believe it, right. you know.
1: Right. That's now, exactly if, right.
2: if they say mm. I don't want to let that go, then now here's a good mm. example. You'll love you'll love this. I'm working with a woman whose grandfather molested her when she was little, mm. and she has mm. this belief men can't be trusted, right? So we're Mm. halfway through the process, and she goes, the belief's about to go away. And she goes, I can't let go of this belief. And I said, why? And she said, because if I let go of this belief, I will trust men again, and this will happen Mm. again. Right. Now, here's what Mm -hmm. I, here's what, exactly. Here's what I said. When you eliminate a belief All it does is create possibilities where there weren't any. But you still have to choose. So just because you trust, just because men, it's not true that all men can't be trusted, that doesn't mean all men can be trusted. So the difference is now you have a choice. Trust, don't trust. And then mm-hmm. she felt comfortable enough to eliminate the belief.
1: I love that. I love that. Eliminating yeah. the belief really creates, the pos- mm-hmm. creates space and possibility, which I think is, is really beautiful. Uh, yes, which actually... it doesn't,
2: mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. Which doesn't mean that if you get rid of the belief, money is scarce and hard to get or money flows to me, it's going to. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just now possible.
1: You, you know, so you're now, open, you're now
2: open to Yes. Mm-hmm. And you do mm-hmm. things consistent with the new with the, with the new possibility. Exactly,
1: exactly. So you're open to it energetically, mentally, emotionally, and even taking the actions that, because obviously action still needs to be taken. It's not like you just sit there yes. like, oh, I'm now, I believe in abundance. I can sit on my couch and just the law of attraction, just, money drops on my lap. Yes. Now, you, you can actually then, that you actually, even in your nervous system, I'm kind of feeling open to taking the actions necessary to fulfill and to find a way for abundance to come to you. So yes. that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Powerful yeah. stuff, folks. If, you, if you're if listening yeah. in, I'm with the amazing Shelley Lefko, president of the Lefko Institute, uh, Lefko Method, author of parenting, the Lefko Way. Um, I trust you' enjoying this episode. Shelly. I have a couple of of, of of other questions, still connected, but a really different track. I know cause I'm really getting how powerful this. I'm really seeing how so many of the beliefs that we we create, that, have, that we take on, many times unconsciously, often happen in our childhood, right? In, in response to so much of what's going on around us, parents, interpretations we make. As young kids, and so, and you wrote uh, parenting the Leftco way. I, I would love, especially for those listening in, who are parents uh, or want to be parents, you know, for the next generation's sake. Uh, what are some what What are some of the secrets to parenting that you've learned that you think would be really important for parents well, that are currently parents, going to be parents, to know? that maybe you could sort of distill your decades of wisdom into some, some, some kind of keys for parents. Like, how, how do we raise kids that are conscious and healthy? Obviously, no such thing as perfect, right? But conscious, healthy, vibrant, alive, authentic, you know, fulfilled children. Well, what's some ding, 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 ding. The, 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 the keys.
2: Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. My favorite question. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> okay, let's,
1: That's my favorite. Let's, let's go through it.
2: So all of you who follow Coot, you're very smart because he knows how to get you the gems that you need to have a great life. So good for you guys. Okay, you ready? This is the single most important principle that you can ever be given as a parent or a future parent. This, what I'm going to teach you right now is going to determine, sorry, help you determine what parenting expert to listen to and which ones to not listen to. Because I have heard parenting Mm. experts say things that make me cringe. Um, Mm. Like uh, um, Dr. Dobson, you know, says you have to hate your kid to teach them a lesson. So here's Mm. the principle. When your child walks away from you, this is Vision. Vishen loves to quote me on this. <laughs> it's his favorite. When your child walks away from you, from any interaction, what did they just conclude mm. out of that interaction? And is that a belief you would like them to have for the rest of their lives? So, when they make a mistake, do they walk away saying, I'm a loser, I'm a failure, I'm stupid? Or do they walk away saying, Boy, that was a great learning opportunity? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When they do something that has a consequence, like they hit their sibling, do they walk Mm -hmm. away from you saying, I'm bad, I don't deserve? Or do they walk away saying, Wow, hitting hurts people. Not a good idea. There are other ways to handle things. And the beliefs that they conclude, and and again, they come in, they're looking at you, right? If you say not now, not now, not now, not now, what are they going to conclude? It's It's a no-brainer. It's not my good idea. This comes from 30 years of listening to people's beliefs, which is how I got into the parenting business. You know? You know, you listen to my parents didn't pay attention to me, I concluded Mm -hmm. I'm not important. I got criticized, I'm not Mm -hmm. good enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: that's the that's the and and then the second tool the
1: foundation. Mm -hmm.
2: The second principle is that's the foundation. The second principle is at what cost? Mm. At what cost must I get my kid to do this? Mm. Explain the that the cost is yeah. So at what cost? So let's assume uh, I tell a very funny story in all my workshops. Um, my my little girl was uh, my younger daughter was one of those kids. You know, no, <laughs> just. Please no, I don't want to. No, so I uh, I've, I'm i fanatic about brushing teeth uh, and flossing because I've had every tooth in my mouth capped to the tune of a hundred thousand dollars. So wow. I'm fanatic about it. yeah. So um, I didn't want my kids to have gum disease. So I mm-hmm. I tried all my skills and tools, and I said you know, we're going to march into the bathroom or we could skip into the bathroom or we could, you know, fly into the bathroom. And I finally get her into the bathroom and she won't open her mouth. And I was told, I said, I'm tired. I'm not interested. I'm over it. I can't take it. I, I, like all my everything that I knew went out the window and I put my arm around her neck and I was ready to jam the toothbrush into her mouth. (laughs) And I heard this little, I heard... I heard this little voice in my head say, at what cost? What cost? Mm -hmm. If she concludes I'm powerless, is -hmm. it worth it? Now, if it's safety Mm -hmm. and your kids are running in the street, anything is worth it. When it comes to safety, all bets are off. But at what Mm -hmm. cost? So I backed Mm -hmm. off and I said to her, sweetie, I'm not going to force you to brush your teeth. But if you don't brush your teeth, and I took my gums, and I put them over my teeth, and I went, you're going to have no teeth, and you're going to talk like this, and you're not going to be able to chew your food, and she started to laugh, Mm. and I used my best favorite skill in the world, and this is what I'm teaching in Vietnam, get to the source, don't force. So Mm. I said to her, what? Now I could. Once you talk to me about parenting, I become a fountain. So you have to stop me. (laughs) Keep going. Okay. So here's the last piece. So you you don't ask kids why. Because if you ask why, they say, I don't know. Or because. Mm -hmm. So you always ask what questions. It's a way more powerful question anyway. What is it? Get to the source. What is it that you don't like about brushing your teeth? Mm. The toothbrush hurt, the bristles hurt my gums. So she's three years old, right, when this happened. Mm. The toothbrush hurts my gums. Oh, we can get a soft Mm. one. Mm. You don't want to go to school? Get in the car. You're going to school. How about Mm. what's going on at school that has you not want to go there?
4: you're being bullied Mm.
2: get to the source don't force so at what cost Mm. so those are my three gifts for today (laughs) um and if the fourth one is so so it's what is my child concluding when they walk away from me at what cost Mm. must i have them do something what are they going to conclude and the third thing is get to the source, don't force. We just want to fix things, get it done, get in the car now. I don't care. Yes. Get in the car, get upstairs, do your homework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. You train to, to, to be a, 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 a garbage collector has to train, a truck driver has to train, anybody, mm-hmm. You chemist, you have to train. You are responsible for the physical, emotional, spiritual, intellectual development of a human being train. Get my parenting course. It's the best course in the world. Or find somebody's. But get yourself trained. This is a job. This is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life.
1: I'm down for sure. I love what you're saying. It's not even asking why. But the, the, this whole concept get to, get to the source, don't force. So it's really asking a simple. So it sounds so simple, but m- like ninety nine point nine percent of people don't do it. It's just asking, you know, what is it about brushing your teeth that you don't like? Versus yeah. you know, why? What? Why don't you want to? Or what's wrong with you? Or judging? But like, what is it? Because then you can get the information to to make a shift to make adjustment. That that is so simple. Almost so obvious that you miss it, but so powerful. Are there ever any times um, as a parent where you, you know, you you need to enforce uh, the rules, you know? You need to enforce. Are there any... Because I I, I ask this question honestly, Shelley, because I I give you a personal example, okay? When I was a kid, I used to Mm -hmm. hate studying Japanese you know my mother's Japanese so we'd speak Japanese every day and I used to absolutely hate it when I say hate it I would fight her I, 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 I hated it I hated it you know I would just go I hated my mother and for that one hour I because she would sit me down in Japanese style going over the notebook do doing my Japanese but you know what the first time I went to Japan alone okay so uh-huh. I, I was in my early twenties. Went by myself without my mother. I was able to bec- to speak Japanese so fluently because of her enforcing. You could so you could say you know she she made me study, and and I had an epiphany in that moment. Like I was so grateful to her for making me do this because had she not, I would not be able to speak Japanese. And I met all these you know, people that had Japanese parents and they couldn't speak Japanese. So I was so grateful that she actually made me do something. I wasn't grateful in the moment, but I was grateful like, you know, a decade or two later. So is is there anything you can say about that? Is there anything you, like, wh- where is the line? Is there a line? Is it just, you should never force? Because she kind of, you know, my mother didn't force me to do many things, but that's one thing she, it was just non-negotiable. Ah,
2: oh, okay. So there's the secret. Mm-hmm. My mother didn't mm-hmm. force me to do many things. I believe that
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, the way that you do it, so so I, if I was working mm-hmm. with you, I don't know what you concluded when you were being forced. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, if it's the only thing she ever forced you to do, probably nothing. If she forced you to do everything um, mm. uh, you would conclude I'm powerless. You would conclude I have to do what others yeah, tell me yeah. to do. You may. Yeah. Now, again, maybe mm. maybe this worked out for you, and, and it may. Mm. But, but what if you learn some skills and tools? What if mom said, you know, mm. um, she, so there's a million skills and tools to use, but validate feelings honey, I know that you don't want to do Japanese. I know right now you right, hate it, right, but I right, promise right. there's going to ta- be a time when you go to Japan and you're going to meet mm. people and you're going to be able to talk to them. And that's going <clears> to <throat> help you spread your work. It's going to help you. You're going to mm. love it. You're going to, ha- and, and enroll the child. And then you use right. other skills yeah. and tools like what is it about not doing Japanese? What is it that you hate about it? Well, I don't like doing it right after school because I'm tired. Get to the source, you know. Well, what if we did it tonight? Or what if we did 15-minute increments instead of a half hour? Well, what if we did it on Monday and Wednesday and not Tuesday? You know, you you, you There are ways to get There's children ways. to There's do ways. things
1: skill, skillful them. ways. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. beautiful. There's skillful ways to still have them do things that may be in their best interest on a higher level and not enforce or force them, which is so beautiful. You know, as you're talking, I, I feel like we're gonna have to have you back for a, a part two just on parenting. <laughs> and and you said you, you said you had a parenting course which I had no idea. I like I seriously think everyone listening, you gotta get if you are a parent or you or you want to be a parent or you're thinking about being a parent or even if you never want to be a parent, <laughs> to parent yourself <laughs> I think everyone's got to get your parenting course for sure because you know it's true what you said that it is, we don't have the training to be a parent and it is the most important job in the world because you are literally training human beings, individuals for the next generation. And in, in, in being a parent and raising a child, you are impacting and changing the world and the next generation. The world, so, because
2: you're not just uh, impacting it, that generation. You're impacting generations Mm. and generations because they will be different with their kids and they'll be different with their kids and their kids will have a different life. You know, this Vietnam thing that I'm doing in February, I got it. It's it's an investment company that um, Mm. the guy found Morty's book, Recreate Your Life, in his library of his company. And he started looking into our work and he found my parenting course. That's wow. what got him to invite me down there. He said, I want, I'm telling everybody in Vietnam about it. He said, you know, how many thousands of people can you serve? Because he has a lot of yeah. big companies as his clients. I said, no more than mm. a <laughs> hundred. You know. So, yeah. So, that's so yeah. And Russia, that's what I did in Russia. And they were starving for this. Mm. Starving. Yeah. So it's it's amazing. empower empower empowering dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Shirley, this has been such an amazing conversation. We will definitely I'm definitely going to have you back for a deeper dive again in in soul talk and and maybe just focus on parenting this the next time around. Uh, my final question, I would love for you to share. Um, you know, you've shared so much already today, but as a final question to sort of distill, you have such wisdom from many different areas of life, you know, parenting, relationship, uh, facilitating, speaking. Everything you've learned, you know, ups, downs. Uh, if there were, what? let's say, three key life lessons, the, the most important, or what you feel would be the most important life lessons that you would like to pass on to the next generation that you feel would evolve the next generation the most. Um I would love to know what those three keys would be. Mm.
2: Sure. Wow. And I have I have a little gift for your audience, so free. Awesome. Um three mm, life lessons. So the first one yes, would be instead of asking what will people think if I do this or that, ask yourself the question mm. what might the consequences be of my actions. To way more I think it's the most powerful distinction mm. I ever uh, learned uh, and realized after I got rid of that belief is don't worry about what other people do no matter, here's what I tell my kids no matter what you do somebody's not going to like it so you may as exactly. well do what you want but well, you do well. want to stop and think about the consequences that's mm. a great question So that's my mm. first life lesson My second life lesson would be (laughs) don't sweat the small stuff. Trust (laughs) in the universe. You know, trust Mm. that it's going to all turn out, that you're on a journey, that mistakes and failures are learning opportunities. They don't mean anything about you. I think that would have made my life very, very different Mm. had I gotten rid of those beliefs early or never had those beliefs, um, yeah. mistakes and failures or learning opportunities, go for it, you know? Um, and I think the third life lesson for me is a combo. Be your authentic self. You can't be anybody. It's hard to be other people. It's easy to be yourself. Be your authentic self.
4: and. Love well. Here's
2: here's the thing I want to actually end with. Many people have the belief, what makes me good enough, I'm going to cry. What makes me good enough are my achievements. And you keep... That's what workaholism is. You keep achieving and achieving and achieving and achieving. And it's never enough because it's like holding a beach ball underwater. And the beach ball is I'm not good enough. I'm not important, but I have to achieve and then I'll be good enough. And it never works. But even if you achieve amazing success, here's what people said at my husband's memorial. He was the most loving man. I ever met. He was. He lit. You were at the one we did at TLC, right? Morty's memorial.
3: Yes.
2: Well, this uh, yes, one was. was at. Yeah, yeah. This one. There were a hundred people, and they said he was a good friend. He had integrity. He listened. He loved well. He made you feel like the most important person on earth. But my daughter said, I not only knew I was loved unconditionally every day of my life by my father, but I never wow. felt
4: judged.
3: Wow. Wow. They That's talked
4: difficult. about who he was,
2: not what he did. Not his achievements, not that he wrote two books, not that he created a process that changes lives. They talked about who he was. You're a human being. You are not a human doing.
1: Powerful. Be your authentic self. Love well. Don't sweat the small stuff, folks. Trust that. Life is working out, and also, what will the consequences be of my actions? Powerful, three powerful life lessons, life wisdoms from the amazing Shelly Levko. Shelly, what's you know? I I like to leave uh, those listening in with, with a homework assignment before people find out about you know where they can find you if there's like if there's one you know nugget in terms of like a home, actionable homework assignment something simple few seconds a minute that they can like literally go do to apply what you've said today in their lives as an action step can you assign a homework
2: hi mm, we didn't get into what what i would give as the homework which is um talking more about it. that if i came back i'd love to Talk about how all of our uh, feelings come from the meaning we give events. So whenever you have um, a negative emotion, if you stop and ask yourself what what just happened, what meaning did I give it, and get that the meaning is in your head, not in the in the event. So I I don't know for homework, you know, look at what stops you in life. Um, You know, where are your blocks, and then just get. I mean, even if you just realize that they're beliefs that stop you and, and you can get rid of those beliefs. Um, you know, that might just yeah. give you some freedom to realize that, oh my yeah. God, I thought it was me. I thought I'm just stupid or I can't do it or things don't turn out for me. And if you write those thoughts you have, um, you'll see they're nothing more than beliefs. They're not the truth. Yeah. And telling yourself that is not powerful. So, you know, I'm not a good homework person because <laughs> for me, you got to do the work. No,
1: but, but even, even, yeah, but even what you just said, a simple question of asking yourself when something actually happens, taking a step back and asking, like, what meaning am I giving this? I mean, it's yeah. just such a simple question, but it's really powerful reality check to begin bringing you into relationship. With the moment, with reality, not the projection that you are kind of imposing on reality. So yes. that's something I would love for people to to take away from what you're saying. Asking yourself, folks, yes. what meaning am I giving this situation? What meaning am I giving this interaction? Is is it true? Is it fact? What else? You know, as you've said, what else could this mean? What else are could it mean? Other,
2: that's right. Are there
1: any other valid interpretations for this situation? And so yep. that's something I would invite and then people get, to take away and from this the,
2: conversation. Yeah, and then get that the meaning is in your mind. It's not in the event. And you yes, will folks. never be a victim again. You'll never be yeah, a victim I, again I just, because nothing that I happens want, outside you causes the problem. I it's
4: want the meaning to really you give it that causes that that. the pain. The yeah. meaning, folks,
1: I want you to really rest in that as we wrap this interview. The meaning is in your <sighs> mind. The meaning is, like, wrap your mind around that. And as as Shirley said, you will never be a victim again. Shirley, we're definitely going to have you back. We have, I feel like we could speak for the next three hours and and, and we'll definitely uh, bring bring you back for a part two and maybe a part three. You know, this has been such a joy. I just want to thank you give, for just being so so generous and so loving. And oh, so what is the best way that people can, you know, find out about you and your work? I know you have a gift okay. for people. And so Here's what, the what's gift. the gift site?
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Go to we, re, R-E, recreateyourlife.com, and you can eliminate a belief for free. So you pick mm. one of three beliefs that everybody has, and we'll take you through the process and you can eliminate a belief for free because I love my coup. And that's what, yeah. Recreate, so
1: re, uh, R-E, R-E, folks, we'll also post this in the show notes, so don't worry. Recreate, as in R-E, recreateyourlife.com. where dot you can com. get that right. free gift. And, so and you can eliminate a belief for free. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> and the
2: second, and then you know, <clears throat> my name is Lefco. L E F is in Frank K O E. So if you're really interested, you can go to lefcoinstitute.com dot com, um, and then if you want to get the parenting course, yeah, it's empowering the next generation or parenting the Lefco way.
1: We'll, we'll definitely put the, big... the, the the link the, the link for for your parenting course in the show notes as well. Yeah. We'll, we'll um, definitely make sure that happens. And I definitely, folks, want to uh, encourage you all to check out Shelly's work, Leftco Institute, uh, her amazing husband, someone I had the opportunity to meet while he was alive, uh, Morty Lefko, and then also RecreateYourLife.com. Awesome. Yeah,
2: parenting at way. Shelly,
1: thank you. Yeah. Thank you for just being you. And being amazing, Uh being incredible and just sharing your love with us all. Folks, I told you this was going to be a very special episode. Hopefully, I trust you've been taking lots of notes. I have like 18 pages of notes from today's session. (laughs) Uh, I would love that you... I'm serious. I will send you a picture of these notes. I've got 18 pages of scribbling. I've been scribbling so fast. And... uh, (laughs) This is awesome. And and folks, I, I would love for you to Send me an email, Kooplaxon at cooblaxon.com. I'd love to hear about your takeaways from today's episode. Uh, Also, make sure you download today's episode, subscribe to Soul Talk, and uh, just spread the word. Share today's episode with those in your life that you love, especially those who you feel maybe want to be parents in their lives as well. And until the next session, I will see you and catch you in the next session of Soul Talk. Love now.